It's time to get it, and you know how we get it. Americano! The podcast about all things business and personal growth with your host, Eric Vonheim. Today, I would like to welcome Carmen Manrique to the show. Carmen, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. Absolutely. Where are we at today? Tell the audience. Where are we at today? Today, we are at my office overlooking Irvine. Um, we met a week ago and we decided we were going to do this podcast. There's really good conversation here and just part of the journey as all of us. Yes. And thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And for our listeners that are not, uh, benefiting from this view from Carmen's office, it is beautiful. It uh, looks like it's going to be a warm, sunny day here in, uh, in Irvine, Carmen. That's correct. Hot. Hot. Finally, hot in Southern <laughs> California. Exactly. So a little bit of background for our listeners. Uh, Carmen and I met in CrossFit many, many years ago. That's right? correct. And you are a CrossFit legend <laughs> in, in, our, in our Runation CrossFit, Carmen. How did that become? I mean, how did you get into CrossFit? Well, since 2008, and believe me, I was becoming just like my dad, a very sedentary accountant. I love to read and... Um, you know, my dad passed away very young, and I don't know, due to lifestyle or something, but it kind of woke me up that I needed to start moving or doing something. Mm-hmm. I tried everything. I tried different exercises. I tried different programs, different diets. Nothing ever worked. I quit. I didn't like it. It wasn't me to become yeah. a, that athletic person. Um I remember going to Jenny Craig, even Jenny Craig. Jenny Craig? Oh, yeah, I went there, and I remember that I, you know, I wasn't losing weight, and they told me I wasn't a good candidate for that program. And the little girl there said, you know what, Carmen? All the programs work. It's your brain that is not working. Really? And I said, what did you just say? She said that? She said that to me. She was very honest, the little girl in the counter, right? And... uh, it left me really thinking. It's like I have to create a new thought, a new mind that I just, you know, and I just kind of walk myself into the future a little bit. It's like, how do I want to show up for my children, for my family as Love I that. get older? How do I want to show up How for do them? I want to show up for them as a very vibrant person, energetic, or as a person that is like, oh, you know, I'm tired, this hurts, this, and yeah. it kind of moved me and tremendously and... I'll tell you, when you are ready, the teacher shows up. 24 hours later, somebody called me, had seen me struggling, and go check, told me to go check the, you know, this CrossFit. Yeah. So I didn't even know. It didn't have a name of CrossFit. And I didn't even know what I was signing up. And that's when the journey began. And that's when it 2008, began. 2008, and I hated it for two years. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, those, you know, I'm an early riser, and... Um, I cry sometimes because it was so hard. I was yeah. all this, the slowest, and um, it was hard in my mind. It's like, I'm not an athletic person. I'm never going to be one. And uh, one time I realized that I had to reconcile, like I usually mm-hmm. do part of my job, reconciling tons of bank accounts, reconciling numbers, right? And I had to reconcile with this love-hate relationship yeah. uh, because I needed the results. And um, I said, okay. CrossFit, you and I have arguing over this every day. I'm going to start liking you, maybe loving you. And I'm telling you. <laughs> maybe ev- just loving you. That's right. And after that day, it seems like new, new energy, new mm-hmm. enthusiasm yeah. every day to wake up so early, have my clothes ready the night before and just give it all I can. And I have never thought of stopping or yeah. quitting after 11 years. 
Wow. You know, you make an interesting point, which is, I think that frame of mind, right? Because you speak about liking or loving something uh, as a means of being more successful at it. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that mindset's really important because imagine, for example, the people that are waking up every single day, hating going to the gym or hating going to work. I mean, you're carrying that energy into that environment. Correct. How are you going to have positive results? Never. And that's what's so important. Even Einstein says you cannot have new results with the same mind. Right. You have to change. Everything starts in the mind. So um amazing community um still very close to people i've made la- friends for life yeah um like i say in the beginning i had to borrow from the belief of all the people in crossfit like you you know carmen you can do it i mean it's it's just amazing how it contagious it can get that energy yeah. that positive mind of people and again you know what you're gonna if you hang around people that are really positive or athletic they are gonna take you with them Absolutely. It's hanging around. It's the environment. You breathe it. You live it. Part of your values. And and I'm very happy that, you know, it's it's been 12 years and yeah. I have added actually into my acti- my life, um, CrossFit life. I added yoga, some dancing. So I'm very active. You're very active. Yeah. For, for our <laughs> listeners out there, Carmen is by far one of the most active uh, people that I know. You you set such a great example when you come into our CrossFit facility. Everybody loves you. You bring this energy and vibe that's contagious. And I think a lot of people look at you that have been going for many years as an inspiration. So I'm, I'm so thankful to have met you in that environment. You mentioned something about uh, the first couple of years being difficult and, and just kind of pushing through and changing your mindset. And when you and I spoke recently, we were talking a little bit about your background and how you came to be because you run your own business today. And maybe we can get into that and share with our listeners a little bit about how that came to be. Like, how did you venture off and become self-employed? And what did that look like for you? Yeah, that's correct. Um, when I came to this country, I was pretty amazed how there was so much free education and um, like public libraries. So then I kind of learned there was so much to do and how easy it is to create businesses here, okay? I came from an I I came to this country in 1982. Okay. I was 20. Figure out my age by now. <laughs> but um, it was like so exciting to see all this country had to offer. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time I went to a public library, it's like, do I have to pay for this? <laughs> and somebody said, not now, but later when you start making money, you pay in taxes. And I said, like, oh, sure, gladly would I do that. It's yeah. like so much and. And that gave me right there the idea that I just wanted to be on my own. Right. But at first, I had to start with something. And um, I got married. I had my three children. I was a stay-at-home mom by then. And I wanted to produce. And I didn't know how. So I started, um, I, I just kind of started going to, let's see what happened. Oh, I went back to school. Okay. I went to school, I went to college, and my youngest baby must have been three years old or something, and there okay. was a time that um, I dropped her off at this little daycare center, okay. and I, as I left, she was crying. And in my heart, I could not just leave her crying. Oh, man. Crying. And I went back and picked her up, and I said, you know what, this is not the time for me to do a school. Could mm-hmm. be later, could be never, but I'm just, you know, going to stay home with her. And that was the best thing ever happened because she was happy. And I was happy and it felt right to stay home longer with her. Right. So the following day, I was kind of embarrassed. Um, I had already been in school for a while and I was kind of embarrassed. 
It's like, you know, I quit. I'm a quitter. So you left this, you left the college so you can take care of your daughter. Correct. Yeah. And um, I was kind of embarrassed. It's like, I'm a quitter. I'm feeling bad now again. And I thought, okay, there is something I can do from home, something I can do from home. And I'm just going to go within and use what I have. And back then, you know, I was always a very fast typist. You could type fast. So fast. I went to. So you don't look at the keyboard when you type. No, no. Oh, yeah. I love it. Exactly. Yeah. I went to secretarial school, accounting school in Peru. And then uh, I thought, you know what? We have so many talents and we don't even use them. But out of desperation, I said, I know what I can do. These kids, that young kids from college, they hate typing. They don't even know how to do papers. They hate typing. So I went there and I started putting little papers in Pasadena City College. I type, you know, um, term papers. Okay. Even I said, I type dissertations. I didn't know even what a dissertation but was. But I'll type it up. Hey, I type it up because I was going to go to the library and figure it out. Right? I love that. Always figuring it out or asking somebody. And uh, I went and I put little papers. Believe me, I was busy. And there's something magic when you are out loud and show something that you can do for others. Yeah. That it's like the world is listening. So not only did I get term papers, I got dissertations. I got to start doing pamphlets. So that's how I started operating from home. So you started a desktop publishing business. Correct. I am glad sh- you know the name. Yes, I remember this. I <laughs> yeah. think I've just dated myself. You started something in, at a time when there wasn't a lot of people doing no. this. No. But you had the you had the willingness to do this, and the leverage was you wanted to be closer to your family. Correct. And I did that at night. Sometimes my printer, my old printer, before the laser will be noisy and I'll put a pillow on it. So it won't Was be it no- the ep- one of the Epsons? Yeah, or the daisy wheel. I had that one and then the daisy wheel pop, 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 pop because it was a fancier lettering for dissertation. I had a 400 page job on a dissertation and luckily it was in Spanish. So that was a lot of fun. I learned a lot, a whole book. So you were doing English and Spanish papers. I was doing English and Spanish, and then people would ask me, hey, do you know how to do these pamphlets, these little, you know, and realtors came, mm-hmm. and uh, they wanted me to do some desktop publishing, so then I ended up getting, I saved all the money. I made my family so healthy, I made them vegetarian so that I could save money from the budget <laughs> of the food, <laughs> and guess what? I bought the beautiful uh, flatbed scanner and a laser printer, and I was set from home and I had realtors, and I would scan pictures of homes, and then just very simple. They were very square. My pamphlets were very square, and I sell them to realtors so they can use them to show homes. So would you do some of that proactively, or would they come to you with, hey, we want to make a pamphlet out of this home? They would come to me and give me all the material and the picture with all the details. So then I just used the little knowledge that I had, and I made a simple pamphlet, and they thought it was beautiful. You know, and their eyes are so beautiful. And it can be done in home, uh, rush hours. I would deliver so quickly. And yeah, I mean, I had fully equipped and used all the money that I had to invest in my business. I always did that. I always was big into buying good equipment, you know, computers. And and also um, the power of one-to-one coaching. I hired coaches to help me out to go faster in life right? Um, because I didn't have the time to leave my kids, go to a school, all these hours. It takes hours. It's a lot of time. It's, it's a, a lot big of commitment. So it's a big commitment. I had found a shortcut how to do this. So that's how it evolved. I was, then I got into graphic. I was 
playing playing a lot, you know? Yeah. A lot. So you, it sounds like you've always just been very resourceful in life. Very resourceful, meaning if you don't have the answer, you'll figure it out. Exactly. Just figure it out. There was no for an answer. I had to create. I mean, we're, we create every day. We either create problems or we create harmony in life or we create possibilities. I love that. You know? And that's the way I would see the world because I just was always reading and positive books that, you know, bring me a lot of... Um, some value value and yeah positive so that i can help others also business owners and yeah yeah i'm I'm always a big fan of reading and listening because i feel like when we listen and we uh, pay attention to other people's stories where we often find clues clues on to your previous point about having a coach and it's almost like a shortcut in life it is. If, if you know, for example, I want to be there, or I would like to do this, or I want to be successful in that industry, there's people that have done this before. Mm-hmm. And we just need to figure out who are these people and what were some of the steps that they took to get there and pay attention to those clues. Right, right. So um, the one thing I learned to create was basic economy 101, right? Supply and demand. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, there was a high demand back in those days for what I was doing. Sounds like you had the market cornered. You were a monopoly in desktop <laughs> publishing in the Pasadena area. Pasadena area. I used to have some of the books. I'll show them to you. I'll show you when I'm yes. done. I'll show you my little flyer that I did, you know. So I was a busy mom. I was always busy doing things and yeah. creating yearbooks for the baseball little leagues of my children. Um, yeah. So you were able to build a, a small business at a very young age and be close to your children. Yes. And that of business evolved over the years, right? Because obviously today where we sit yeah. in, in your high rise tower and, <laughs> and you, you've obviously been in your business for many years, can you bring us forward a little bit as to how you, what you do today yes. and how did that transition? Because you're, you're no longer typing term papers for my- Oh, for my no, 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 no. So what are we doing today? You know, I wanted to bring this up regarding earthquakes, how I, it, 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 this evolved yes. because I hated earthquakes. Back in the 90s, we had a lot of earthquakes, early 90s. So then I said, I don't want to live in California anymore. I want to go to another state because I hate earthquakes. Yeah. What do earthquakes have to do with what happened? Well, going to other states, um, we evolved into a starting real estate business. Okay. Um, and started like buying and selling property in different states, right? Just because of the earthquakes and I was so afraid to be here. I went to check out Colorado and Washington. So we did things there. And those yeah. businesses needed to, 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 to I needed to do accounting and bookkeeping. Okay, so you from from the desktop publishing, uh, you were then concerned about earthquakes in California in general. So you started pursuing real estate outside of the California. Correct, correct. Okay. And it was the time came where there, we went through a little bit of recession here too. Yeah. So kind of the future seemed a little like you know not too good. Uncertain. Uncertain, and then we were free to move anywhere. So I started checking just because in fear, okay? Fear is not that bad. So it showed me a different economy of real estate yeah. that it was cheaper in other states. And that's how we started like buying and selling property. Okay. So then um, I needed my books done. I needed books, a set of books, accounting, right? Right. And I thought, well, I want to do it myself. I bought a program, I got a stack. And then again, the power of coaching. I called a CPA and I said, well, I just want you to teach me. So we went one-to-one and he taught me how to do the books. And I got really savvy about how to use the program. And okay. Back then it was QuickBooks. Okay. So I had a lot of fun with it. And I thought, 
I think I like doing this now because see, first, always, always you have to do it for yourself. Oh, you I know, two 100%. things I'm telling you, two things I have learned about life. Sometimes we think we lack things, but, but you know, we have to go inside us. Yeah. Otherwise we go in life without, but we have to really check ourselves. What do we have to offer? Yeah. If we write it down, like take inventory, I, all human beings that are here have something to offer, some Absolutely. kind of a service, something to give to the world for the common yeah. good of all. Yeah, right? be, be a value to others. Correct, you know, adding value. So um, I, I um, hired this CPA and he was amazing teaching me how to do the books, but he didn't, he was the old fashioned and he didn't know anything about technology. That was kind of new. And then we started trading tra uh, services. Yeah, we bartering, were bartering back and forth. Back and forth you know, uh, all of a sudden, I was like the bookkeeper of the neighborhood then. I came back to California when the things were really good. Okay. Um, we purchased a home again here, um, and then I moved to Orange County. And Orange County was, uh, I used to live in San, North San Gabriel area, Pasadena, and then when we came back, we mo I moved to Orange County, okay. and, and it was, a, a challenging environment for me, different. different. So things had changed a little bit. Things had changed a little bit, you know, move away from clients that I had and everything and start all over here. And okay, how do I gain trust with new clients? Yeah. So I sat down and a little strategy, um, just went to sell my services right here, around here. I would yeah. knock at doors with my little flyer and I said, do you need accounting, bookkeeping? Teaching, training. So you proactively walked around, I your, walked around. your area. Yes, because I and want, marketed yourself. Correct. I walked. I talked to people. Yeah. Looking at them, their face, like we're looking at each other, and I and then I said, you know, you hire me. I can work here for a month or two. It's all okay. about trust, long time, yeah. strong relationships, and then um, it will be more convenient for you and you know less expensive to that I can work remotely or from home. Right. And back in those days, remotely was starting. It wasn't big. Yeah, people were unsure about that. They did just, I, I just don't think the technology was there was, quite yet. It wasn't yet. there. Yeah. But we managed, and um, yeah, I would get clients little by little, and then actually after two weeks or a week, I said, Carmen, take everything home. Take this. I don't want to do this. You're just such a you know, <laughs> lifesaver here. I don't want to yeah. look at numbers. Take everything. I don't even want to see that computer here with numbers. Yeah. Just give me the results. And that's how I started building up. Yeah. And uh, then I thought, you know, <clears throat> it's taking me years to learn this. I want to help Hispanics also Okay. to learn this trade. The trade of actually managing books and accounting? That's correct. Managing okay. books and accounting. There's a lot of Hispanics that are professional here. Yeah. And, and they say, I, I, you know, I went through so many years of school and university. And mm -hmm. here I feel worthless. And I cannot hear that when somebody tells me, it's like, I, you know, no value in the studies that I did because I don't speak English very well. Yeah, and you know what, you, you bring up a good point. I've heard this story before from some other friends of mine that have um, immigrated outside of the U.S. here, and some of these individuals have, they've been doctors, they've been dentists, they've been lawyers. They I mean, they have phenomenal educations um, in the country of origin. And then when they come here, the it doesn't matriculate, it doesn't it doesn't transfer over, and so a lot of them have had to start over again, which is in itself remarkable. Uh, so yeah, I've heard this before. Mm -hmm. And I started helping people and teaching them what yeah. I do, so they can work from home, they can have a better lifestyle, 
and just improve their standards of living rather yeah. than doing the all the jobs that you know some other the, type of exactly work. some yeah. other, nothing wrong with it but a lot of these people are eager to learn right. but they it, it's hard it was hard to find somebody who yeah. can teach in Spanish in English uh, I mean in Spanish all these courses that I'm that I have taken right right and so now do you with your courses that you're um, that you're teaching are you ultimately trying to get them to a point where they would become an accountant of course, they will become an accountant. They can handle books. They can, you know, do all the finances for companies. We okay. take them through the whole, um, through different steps. Okay. Exactly, you know, we teach exactly how I learn. How you set up how the books, up how the, you manage exactly, it. How you manage it. And nowadays, it's like we create infrastructures for different types of businesses. Yeah. Putting all different applications together. And okay. um, so, so is that is that the core of your business, the education, or are you doing now education, but you're also running the books for some companies well, yourself? I have two people that work for me. I've had my assistant that I, I've had for 20 years. Okay. She does a lot of the books. My son came aboard last year. Congratulations. And he's taking over so that I can create time to do more content, more educational products in English and Spanish. We um, have... I work with two partners. Okay. Uh, we have the three, two stress maestras, and it's a bilingual platform. Wonderful. And so, for business owners, small entrepreneurs, self-preneurs, um, so that they can learn how to manage their money, their books, and keep track of everything Absolutely. and their finances. And and that's such a big part of running a business. You know, is understanding the cash flow, right? Exactly. And understanding what your where your money is going, how it's coming in, and forecasting, and especially certain businesses. I'd imagine that probably some of your clients that you work with might even be in the restaurant industry, or Correct. you know, you're dealing with a lot of things, payroll and mm -hmm. inventory, and how do you budget those things? So it's not just a simple math; it's a little bit more involved. I'd no, imagine. it's a, it's a lot more beyond the numbers because um, it's also the money management and the mindset see there's a relationship with money yeah. that goes into it and different business owners have different tendencies yeah some of them thrive some of them don't mm -hmm. and we see all the little details yeah. so we know what the tendencies the habits are so, so let's let's dish a little bit on this so what what separates uh, speaking of the money in these details what separates from your experience um a business that uh, tends to be more successful than one that's not as it pertains to managing cash flow, what are, what are some of those areas? Do you think it's a function of some of the business owners like treat that as a piggy bank and they just try to take money out and spend it, or they're just they take some of those bad behaviors that they have in their personal spending and right. they use it in the business? What do you see? Again, it's the mindset of always adding value into their businesses and reinvesting into their businesses, okay. equipping their people, okay. um, thinking big streamlining the processes okay that's how i see people um, businesses thriving so the ones that are successful are the really focused are on reinvesting correct reinvesting equipping their people okay and always adding services yeah but they have to be looking at their number prof, profit margin right. all the time okay that's so always looking at profitability exactly and also um the looking at the value of the business where is it going to be five years from now yeah being really proactive. See, most business owners are looking at past financial statement, mm -hmm. really. Whatever, sometimes we deliver on the 30th, it already happened. There's nothing right. you can do, right. right? So now we deliver on real time and we let them know. There are red flags there. It's like, hey, 
your cost is going up. Okay. But they don't have time to see that. Business owners are busy creating products or, or selling. See? Right. And they are not looking at numbers. They think they have the numbers in their head. But a lot of times the, ca- the cash flow is just going around and around in circles. Mm-hmm. They are not building any equity there or more capital. Right. right. And so you, you come in, your team Oh, comes I come in, in and, and I tell them, hey, you need to separate <laughs> this. We you know, need to reinvest yeah. uh, looking at the small numbers on the cost because it goes up and they don't realize that a lot of times. Yeah. You make a great point about um, being mindful of the future and the trends and where things are headed. I think sometimes uh, a lot of businesses are short-sighted. They, they can't see that far out. They can't look at their particular industry. And something that I talk with my students about at the, at the college is, I said, um, you know, every industry has cycles and seasons to it, right? And I said, it's really important that you understand macroeconomics and the micro. You need to be cognizant of what's going on in the market. So, for example, if you're in construction, you probably want to pay attention to what are, you know, what's going on with home sales and construction, Mm -hmm. right? Even if you're only performing a small thing, like let's say home repair, one little area of that market, Mm -hmm. you still want to be mindful of it because that's going to sort of dictate some future business for you. Correct. Right? So these are the things that you help clients with. These are the things that we help clients with, more like advisory. Yeah. And and then I, I've been this year creating classes and going into speaking engagements. Yeah. I was just asked from a company to translate their courses in a, into Spanish yeah. because they want to hit the, Sp- the Hispanic market really strong. Okay. They know what the Hispanics are consumers. Yeah. And they can be serviced with all these uh, products. They need them. So, um, yeah, I'm getting out there lately. It's, nice. it's amazing. I love, you know, teaching, being in the stage, helping people, inspiring, yeah. and just moving forward. You're, you're a lifelong learner that's and somebody correct. that's constantly adding value to, to others and yourself in the process. I, I mean, I'd imagine it probably feels really good to you to be able to help others. Well, yeah, it is said that as you refresh others, you refresh yourself, right? And be transformed by the renewal of your mind. I love that. I Every love day. that. Well, I have a few more questions here before we end the conversation. So the first question I have for you is, what is your favorite book or a book that you would recommend to somebody else and why? My favorite book is The Book of Life. The Book of Life. <laughs> That's correct. Um, I love reading my Bible. Yes. Um, all these great thought leaders, uh, philosophers, yeah. they take m- many things from the Bible. My second one will be Think and Grow Rich. It's a great book. It that's is a, a, that's a classic. It is such a classic. It has never changed and it applies even today because it helps you to think think different model of thinking yeah absolutely okay second second question if you could only travel to one more place in the world and i know you love to travel but you can only go to one more place in the world where would that be and why this year i have coming up a couple of really exciting trips but um if i only had one place russia st petersburg and um i miss my dad even 42 years ago yeah um my dad was a great reader, and um, I think when I go there, I'm going to be going there in October, I will remember all the things that he taught me. He loved history, and okay. he used to read us on you know, the history of Russia, and even like the Cuban Revolution, and all these books. I told you my dad was a very sedentary person, and he loved books. 
And um, yeah, I am, I'm just already excited to go. And that's a place that, yeah, I would pick if I had one more. Wonderful. That sounds like it's going to be a very powerful trip for you uh, beyond just visiting St. Petersburg. The last question, what is the last random act of kindness that you did for another person and how did it make you feel? I love to give books okay. to people. They don't have to be that close to me. I can find somebody on Facebook and say, hey, I'm sending this book to you because I know you love that topic. This is going to bless you. And that's just passing the blessings. That's what I like to do. <laughs> I love it. You're, you're transferring uh, information that's going to increase their value in life. Yes. Wonderful. Well, Carmen, I want to thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate you, you sharing and, and thank you for having us. And I look forward to uh, having you on again, maybe sometime down the road. Thank you so much. I appreciate you being here. Thank you for your time.